everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Let's blow him the bean. Go. Hello, hello, hello. What a wonderful weekend of fights. Uh, we're finally in uh, our off-season, I would say. It's been a good 11 weeks straight of non-stop fights, and finally we are going to get it the rest of the month without any fights. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. What do you think is going to happen to you, to you I, in this amount of time? I have no idea what I'm going to do. We should spend this couple of weeks to get ready. Yeah. We should probably a good YouTube call. We'll, we'll probably end up doing more along those lines, but we're, we're going to have the time. Weeks. We're going to have the time. There's still a lot of chatter going around. I mean, we're going to go over this amazing... 114 card to cap off this big long stretch that we've been having people were talking a lot of trash on this card We were it and guess what it lived up to the expectation and more so it was definitely a great net of fights um, Do we want to start from the bottom up? Where do we want to start? We're, Let's start from the bottom up. Let's give everyone their due. So Randini versus Rinaldi. Oh, Rinaldi versus um, Herrera that was a first round submission that he was one of the highest priced guys on DK. He was like debuting at like yeah. 9192. He showed why he was so expensive, but still, be careful with Rinaldi. He's I stayed away from this fight. Yeah, I stayed away I from so it glad. as well. But you did get good good money. Well, he got you a lot of points with that first round submission. Moving on to the next fight, we had uh Joseph Morales winning a submission rear naked choke versus Sanchez. Morales was the underdog on this card. Um he came in, a lot of people thought that on the ground, Sanchez was going to have his number. I did as well. Guess what? That didn't happen. Morales, cut, like, through Sanchez, didn't have any problem at all. Was that the uh, the Randini? Oh, quickly with the Randini, the first submission Rinaldi. of the night. Rinaldi. Yeah. It was a Ezekiel choke. Did you see that? Yes, it wasn't a Von Fluke choke. Oh, it was. God dang it. It was a Von Fluke choke. An OSP Von Fluke choke. Only the fourth ever. You're totally right on that. And I read that. I did oh, not know okay. it in my brain. <laughs> totally right. So we started off this card with two submissions first round. That was a fun fight pass. Then we went right into the FS1 with Quinones winning a unanimous decision over Revis. Quinones outworked Revis the whole fight. Uh, Revis was just coming off of a bout with cancer. I believe he did have a testicle removed. And wow. Yeah, exactly. He looked good. Um, Quinones just looked a little bit better all the way around. The combinations that Quinones was win was throwing were winning the fight for him in my eyes. He was throwing three, four, five punches where Rivas was throwing ones and twos and then just ones and then just gas slowly. Good win. Um, I'm going to be watching both of them. What did so. you said Quinones um, was throwing ones and twos and Rivas is just ones? That's, <laughs> that's just cruel, man. That's just cruel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, moving on. Yeah, both guys, I totally agree with you. Where it's, I it's it's not gonna make me like, oh, I'm gonna put this guy on everything from exactly. here on out. I agree. I'm gonna keep watching them, but they're they neither of them showed me anything that was gonna make me put money all over them next fight coming up. Moving on. I think the same can be said about moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> moving on, we have Honey Yaya verse. Uh, Enrique Briones, this was also a first round submission. This actually I found much more interesting. Um, Briones was the underdog. It was just Yaya. Yaya got in trouble earlier in his career because he did what we talked about regularly on this show where he became a striker when his real ground game was what got him there. This fight showed us, he showed us immediately in the first 30 seconds how to take down. Briones never got up, submission came through. I feel like Yaya is going to start to implement that Damian Maya method because he can. He saw that Damian Maya just got a title shot at that one facet. I don't like Briones. I think Briones is a um, little bit older. We've, he's already fought in his best fights. I think that I'm, I'm going to fade him against other people as well. Yaya, I, I'm going to really keep an eye out on him because people with bad takedown defense or, or sub, suspect submission ground games are always going to be at a big detriment against a fighter like Yaya. So there's money to be had on that on that man. Maybe later that? on. Maybe later on. Um, I'm still not really excited about him. We, The win isn't 
Not that anyone, it's not caliber. Not to, yeah, it's not something that going against the upper echelon guys that's going to make me scared. Like I still would. There's most of the guys still in the top ten. I would put money on over Yaya, but and I think he's an older guy. I could be wrong on that. I don't know how yeah, much time he, he has. I, to I think expand. he might be like 32, but he's been in the jujitsu slash. Maybe he's older than that. But if enough fights go on that first round, you know, he took a couple of shots. If enough fights go on where his chin is doesn't where he doesn't seem chinny and the knockout was just a rare thing, mm-hmm. then maybe. But. uh yeah, I don't have any match makes for Yaya or anything yet, but when we get up to the next fights, I think we should pick out who, where we'd like him to go from there, who we'd like to see him fight next. Oh, whoa, 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 okay, yeah, there, yeah, there's some guys. What I really liked on this on this show was um, that they really didn't put too big of guys on the show. I feel like UFC learned from their previous Mexico shows that 205 and above aren't fun fights up at altitude it just the the gas tank is gone and they really kept this light there it was really a lot of lightweight fights on this but guess what we just had one of the fights of the cards of the year i'd say this is up there with and don't a lot you of think other ones. this fight card had more finishes than anything you've seen of recent it was up there it was a pretty unbelievable the amount of finishes so moving on to the next fight we had a quick finish between dustin my boy ortiz Defeating Hector Sandoval, this was, I'd say, somewhat of a flash knockout, only because Sandoval came in hands down and taunting before anything got up. This was a 15-second KO. or They touched hands. Sandoval lowered his hands and threw him like a juke, like, what's up? I ain't scared of you. And Ortiz just threw an overhand right that stunned Sandoval clearly out. Nobody saw a knockout coming for Ortiz. I didn't see it. I thought it was going to be a decision. It was more so Sandoval. I mean, Ortiz took the shot because he saw it, but I think that that was Sandoval's fault. It was a jaw wobbler. Yeah, it knocked him out. It hit the perfect spot at the end of his chin, it looked like to me. And no guard up. You can look back at it. His hand is down at his hip. So I think that's a slip on Sandoval. Ortiz, still got to be watching him. Do not think that he's some sort of power fighter all of a sudden, guys, and expect him to be knocking out other people. It's not going to happen. And even the punch that he threw was in defense. It was a defensive throw. That's exactly it. He was, he was backing, backing up. up. Yep, yeah, that was so. exactly it. Exactly, exactly it. But with Sandoval, I mean, fight IQ wise, this is a American Top Team guy. Wrestling's there. So striking's supposed to be there. His chin might be a little suspect because Dustin Ortiz does not have that type of power. But it, I felt like it was just the home run shot. It was just. It that doesn't matter sweet who it spot. is. Yeah, yeah. It looked, the way it wobbled his jaw was whoa, and and the way it wobbled him, it looked like it he like the reverberation went from his jaw all the way down. Oh yeah, you saw him yeah. wiggle. You saw him. I, I hope. I like Sandoval. I really hope it's that. And all the greats, to me, with the exception of John Jones, um, have that one shitty fight that made them great. So I hope for Sandoval's sake, uh, he really... I hope he's. I I hope he's not Chenny. He's from the right team. He has the right look to me. He's still young. Like the he's young. Organization. He's and only Dustin Ortiz isn't a schlub. Agreed. I do think people were overlooking Ortiz a little bit in this fight. I know Evil Twin was all over Sandoval and a couple other fighters that didn't come through. Moving on, we had Jack Hermanson defeating Brad Scott via TKO in the first round. What I absolutely loved about this fight was the complete ending with Jack Hermanson when he got on the mic and said, Hey, I'm an okay striker, but nobody can can stand with me on the ground. Or nobody can... Go to the ground with me. Exactly. His ground and pound was vicious. As soon as Hermanson got him down, which was in the first minute of the fight, Brad Scott didn't have a chance. It was just Hermanson moving position, position until he ground and pound him. I mean, it was just ground and pound the whole fight. Really cashed in on Hermanson on this one. I had him on a lot of my cards. So what do you think? Where do you think? Do you think, do you buy the hype train with Hermanson? Are um, you on board? I don't because exactly as I said, Brad Scott don't got no damn takedown defense and he ain't got no good ground game. So against someone that can keep it standing... Like we've seen before with Hermanson, people can beat him standing and wear him out a bit. But he's a guy to watch. I like Hermanson. I don't think the hype should be all the way there because Brad Scott isn't the highest caliber yet. So he's I think like Scott's the new on his way out of UFC. Yeah, he's. Hermanson. We'll be watching him for we will some be, time to come. I think Scott is on his way out of the UFC as well. 
I just feel like he looked completely overmatched where I think Hermison isn't going to do that to too many other guys in the division. Where do you want Hermison to go next? 185? I think... He's a little guy for 185. Yeah, I think so too. He He's didn't shredded. look like the biggest. What would be a good fight for him at 185? Ooh. Alvy? That would be a good one. Hermison, though, because Scott isn't even in the top 15 or anything like that, I still think he could have somebody outside of that top. I really like the, the guy off the Contender Series at 185 that just got that head kick knockout last week. LaPreece? No, 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 no. He got a head kick lockout, a knockout on the Contender Series. Oh, last week. Mar Joaquin Martinez or something like that. It was all over. It made it to ESPN. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most brutal kicks ever. That I think that dude's 185. For Hermanson, that dude was good on the ground. He was thick. Yeah, maybe not, because he's going to debut in the UFC. Hermanson's had three or four fights. Anyway. Yep, Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall, there you go. That's what I want. Uriah Hall versus Hermanson. I think that's good enough right outside the top he's 15. He's a gatekeeper. Exactly. Yep, and he's standing who has good takedown defense. That's going to prove whether Hermanson's that Big next step or not. Big old tree trunk, woodly legs. Yeah, uh, uh, it's not easy to get him down, but it can be done. Moving on to the next fight, we had Alejandro Perez defeating Andre Sohamthath <clears throat> via three-round decision. I had this one right, but this was out of the skin of my teeth. I think that this fight was... Also a little home cooking. We had many instances this not this fight night of home cooking where the judges might have been a little Mexican. They might have had a little bit of tequila in their water. Because I felt like even though I had Perez, Sohamthath could have won this but fight. But they may have been listening to mariachi music on their way. <laughs> so with, the thing that I will say with Sohamthath is I think that not it was one and one. Not trying to call them out, but maybe they like Lucas Powder. On their mangoes and corn. Just saying. So, so Hamthath, I thought, gave it away in the third round. Because I thought it was one and one going into the third. And so Hamthath, to me, had the third round up until the last ten seconds. He threw the uh, cartwheel kick. And instead of completing it, he fell. And then uh, Perez didn't land, go on top of him, but was standing. I think that that takedown gave it enough to the judges. It was a split decision. It was a dirty split. How do you feel about where these two guys are going? Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't care enough about either of these two guys. That's horrible. I think Soham has a brighter future than Perez. I think Perez, we're just starting to see some of the peaks with him. And even though Sohamthath has lost, I believe, his last two fights, which are his only fights in the UFC, they've been against top competition. But <clears throat> with that, he doesn't... For me, Sohamthath doesn't have that trigger. He doesn't have that switch. He has more of that Muay Thai kickboxing where it's a lot of rhythm, 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 rhythm. But people can figure that rhythm out. And then he doesn't have devastating power. And then if you you can see that he needs to step it up. And he just, for me, I didn't see that click. It might come because he's still a young man. But like I'm saying, uh, I'm going to keep an eye more on Sohamthath. I think that he can beat a couple guys in there. Perez... He's the guy who's gotten three split decisions in a row. He's the guy that it's like, okay, time to start fading Perez. I don't think I saw anything that I really stuck out for me. I agree, and he's not really bringing anything new to the table exactly. that you're expecting. Exactly, um, exactly. You're not seeing the growth that you should see. Change. Where I did see, even in the loss for Sohamthath, I did see growth from his last fight. He had much better takedown defense. Moving on, we have... Sam Alvey defeating Hashad Evans in a third round decision. I don't think anybody saw this coming. I think everyone had the TKO or the decision for Rashad. And it was, I mean, what do, what do we want? Sam to, Alvey. Yeah, verse, yeah, this was a split decision. It could have went to either fighter. And Sam Alvey either knocks you out or is in some of the worst fights of the year. Like, Sam Alvey is not an exciting fighter to watch. He walks around just stalking with the fist up waiting to throw the one-two. He isn't very exciting. I still don't know if this should have been a split decision. I still think he won it handedly. I was surprised that Rashad, it was a split. I think this is a hometown favorite cooking. They love Rashad. Rashad has more of a fan favorite than Smiling Sam. But it wasn't, but Sam Alvey won this one. Yeah, yeah. I but just think that it shouldn't have been a split decision. Oh, you think that it was so, okay, okay, okay. Okay, I gotcha. I could have seen a split either way. There was two of those rounds that I'm like, I don't know who won that because nothing happened. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like, what are they going to give it to? The guy that's pressuring or the guy that's countering? And it was just not the funnest fight in the world. So moving on, either moving on with those guys. Alvi, he's teetering on that. Hashad should have been out a while ago. We all know these guys that. you throw against uh, Hermeson. Alvi Hermeson. Did you say that already? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Rashad Hermeson. He insists yep. on fighting. Yeah. I think Rashad should retire. Agreed. But he insists on fighting. Alvi's kind of a gatekeeper guy if you can make it past the basics. Yep. He has good takedown defense, so yeah, that would maybe. test Hermeson. Test his stand-up game. You cannot get hit by Alvi that one shot. And right. Hermeson has been KO'd, so it's a dangerous... That is a fun fight. I'd like to see that. And that because they both... Well, Hermeson came off up clean... I don't know about Alvi. They can fight because they're in that like three month cycle. You'll see a lot of these guys fight on the same cards. Yeah. Um, that's just usually how it goes. Moving on to the next fight, we had one of the biggest upsets of the night in Humberto Benini defeating Martin Bravo in the first round, 26 seconds KO. I mean, right over the top. This, I was, had this Bravo. fight was a surprise to everyone except me. I was about to say, you listen in the Lesbo and the Bean, you are getting. Some quality and advice. That, it helped every single one of my DraftKings cards. I was confident in my Yeah, pick. I had Bravo in a couple. Woo. I did not put Bravo on a thing. I put Bananini on maybe 40%, 30% of wow. my cards. And it, every single one of them. And what were the percentages? Cash. Like 12%, 9% no of people one had them? Yeah, 8%. right. Exactly. It was going to be low. Where I was picking Alvi, that was like 43%. Everybody thought Bravo was going to get a knockout. He yeah, everybody. Or submission. Yep. Yep, 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 and I had Bravo in that. Dang. So, uh, definitely looking out for both of these fighters. Even though Bravo lost, I think he can beat it. He can still have... He shouldn't get cut. I mean, they both debuted, so he should still get another shot. Hey, Benini, he's got some power in them hands. I'm going to want to see... It don't matter. Put him up against whoever. Yep. We didn't get to see much. We didn't get to see much, so put him in with whoever. It doesn't matter. I think it's kind of questionable when they put him in with whoever, though. If it's some, if it's a guy that has, like, let's say they threw him in. Are they at the same division? No, they're not. I was going to say, like, with a guy like Ortiz. But nonetheless, let's say a guy like Ortiz, that style of fighter that Uh you're like, meh, who cares? Banani, hype train, Banani, because that could happen with this. We could see a really quick hype train build after this guy, and you're like, we don't know how he fights still in the UFC. Right. We saw him for a few seconds. And all we know is Bravo. We don't know if he has a granite chin. He could have a baby chin, so it looked like a way he bigger... He might have never been punched. Exactly. No he way. could have... So, definitely keep watch both of these guys. I think they still have good fights ahead of them. Fun fight. You should have watched it if you didn't get the chance. Moving on to our... Let be underdog pick of the week, Leslie, Leslie Smith. Smith. Pick of the week, Leslie oh. Smith. We were all day, every day in on Nico Price. We saw, ex- well, it finished. I thought it was going to end up being a submission, but the striking was going to get it to the ground because Nico Price has got a little bit of heavy hands, and it didn't need to get there. Overhand right finished that fight I real quick. I thought it was going to be a knockout. Round one, a minute 44 into it, um, a right lands for Nico Price. They were feeling each other a little bit. This I am though, even though I was in on Nico Price and thought he was going to win this fight, I am going to be a bit more cautious because Joe Ban's been a little chinny. And I think that accentuates that knockout and makes it look better, especially Seth Bazinski has hurt um, Joe Ban, which is a guy who really didn't hurt people and is now out of the UFC. So I'm saying all props to Price. I'm going to still be watching him. Perfect but don't, record Price. Don't think that... Uh, He's got some ultra heavy hands because the people he's finished haven't had the best chins. Where does Joe Ban go after this? He's on a couple fights skidding now. Joe Ban doesn't really have to go anywhere. He has a big enough name in the UFC that he can decide at this point to fight however long he wants and continue to be on the main card for the rest of his career. The announcing tables, what you saying? Uh, I don't think he's going to ever... He doesn't have enough personality. He's really good looking. But really, really ridiculously good looking. He, I don't even think he's the best looking. I don't think in the so UFC. either. I don't think so either. I don't know why, but eh. he's just not my. There's type. way hunkier men. Yeah, I agree. yeah. He's. A, I think Rockhold's better looking. Rockhold's not my type either, but I just think he's better looking than Joe Van. But would you be more said, of like a um, who's that guy? 
Who's uh, that guy? A Luis Mocha or a Cyril? Who's <laughs> Siri? Siri, who just retired. Uh, book neither. I don't think Smoke is cute at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. What about Yair or Kevin Gastelum or Weidman? I think those guys. I think are... Kelvin's all right. He seems cuddly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> he seems mm. cuddly. And then, yeah, all the other models. Who, yeah. who do people give props to? The redhead, the Irish dragon. A lot of people like him. I didn't think he was that good looking. Mm-mm. I don't think I don't so know. at all. That's... I don't know at all. I don't think, I mean, it's, every, it's oh, more the personality. Brad Tavares. Brad Tavares, I've always thought. He's an attractive man. I thought he was a good looking guy that never gets the credit I for that. I used to like the Spartan. Not so into that. I think I've fallen off of that. I think the hair did more than anything for it. And yeah. it's kind of fallen off. It was off. fun for a while. Uh-huh. And now he's gotten too big for his britches. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm over Elias there at all. I and his fights are kind of not exciting. We know what's coming. We know what's coming. So moving on. Yeah, Joe Ban. What about Joe Ban? Ver- oh, Elias there in a different weight class. Yeah, 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 yeah. But where's Nico Price go from here? I could see Nico Price getting finally one of those top fifteen guys, I, because his stand up and ground game are good. I'm good with whoever at 170, 170 right now. You could give them. I'm spacing off the top of my head. Because well, I like to think it's top five. right now is a monster. I know. Masvidal, Slaroni, but those are too high. He needs somebody lower than that. Nico Price does. Matt Brown. There it is. He hasn't fought in a while. Nico Brown's Matt Brown. Yeah, that's the immortal a great fight. Matt Brown. That's, that's perfect. A great fight. That's a great, it's great a fight. Gnarly fight. Yeah, that is a really fun fight. I like that. So get on it, UFC. We know you're listening. We know Joe Rogan's listening. We know Shale Sonnen's listening. We, we know, know Andy Bravo's listening. If you are listening to Lesbo and the Bean and you listen to their podcast later on in the week, we say it first. Proven <laughs> multiple times over. Just say it. So moving on to the co-main event of the night, we had Alexis Grasso defeating Ronda Marcos via three-round decision. This was a heavy fighter that came in with a UTI, three pounds over the weight limit, in Alexis Grasso. If there was hometown cooking to ever be had, it happened tonight. You saw a robbery in this fight specifically. I had Ronda Marcos on the show, and I switched after the weight cut. After I found out that she had... And this is something when we can afford to have a second show in the week, we totally will. Because once we... Do, we would we will have eventually an after-weight cut show. Or after-weigh-in show. Right. Because we think that really gives you the definitive breakdown on what's going on with everyone. And how people are looking. Because missing weight... We always talk about it with each other. Missing weight by 0.5 pounds is somebody who really tried to make weight, somebody which wore is themselves detrimental. Out. Somebody who misses weight by over three pounds did not try. They did not try yep, to make that weight. They way before that, had an extra little food, got another extra nap in, where Marcos, who does have a tough time cutting down the weight, was suffering all that time, so she came in feeling that even more. Those three pounds also transfer into fight weight, which, give or take three pounds, not that big of a deal, but as far as nutrition and what... Grasso, she had more time to absorb that stuff. Then again, we know that she did have a UTI. If you've ever been on antibiotics, which she's more than likely on, she felt like a bag of bricks in there. I mean, I I was recently on some antibiotics, and it makes you feel like a sack of shit. I don't... If that was really going on with her, I still think she lost that fight, and I think that the judges gave her that. I think the takedowns like we were calling on the show, ended up coming in for Marcos. And the striking, I didn't think, was one-sided either way. I thought it was 50-50 down the middle, so it goes to octagon control and takedowns, and I thought Marcos had that all three rounds. And even the word significant strikes, right. that is so... Um, what's the word where it's just... Biased. Yeah, it's such a, or it's just, you know, merely my opinion, what I consider significant. To me, a strike is a strike. Whatever lands. Yeah. doesn't matter if and it's so, at 10% or 100 um, Marcos threw a lot of punches on the ground, I feel like they didn't get credit for when I was looking at the fight metrics breakdown. Uh-huh. But she had so many takedowns. She had advancement. She ruled in that. She had reversals. She ruled in that. And I really think that she got robbed from this fight. However... That's the best Ronda Marcus we're ever going to see, everyone. I picked her as well. I thought she got it robbed from her by the hometown girl. But it's something we should have thought about going into it because we were both back and forth with our decision on this. So we thought if that would have just been the one thing we brought up on air, hometown favorite, we both might have changed our mind to Grasso, even before the weigh-ins. Right. This is the best I think we're ever going to see Ronda Marcos look. 
Great think one. this is her peak. I think Grasso has fucking years to grow in the sport. I think we have yep. five years of Grasso. At least. Uh, yeah, at least. I think Grasso's next fight is Angela Hill. Oh, that would be a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. I would love to see that fight. That would be a Fox and Friends main event. That ain't going to be no pay-per-view, but you're going to get that free on FS1 or... BT Sports 2 or whatever you're watching I think out that's there. a brilliant idea. And I even think they could put... what If the UFC is smart with their marketing, they uh, put the Angela Hill Grasso maybe as the co-main to the Paige Van Zandt-Jessica I fight. I think yep. that would be very smart for all the fighters so, involved. <coughs> we are breaking it at you right now. You were telling me about this earlier, and I'm really... As much as I bash on PVZ, there's not too many fights that I would say PVZ wins. And with this fight coming up, <laughs> this is one I see PVZ. And you were having the exact opposite point because I know you love I. Opposite. I know you love I. Oh, <laughs> I, least favorite fighter in the UFC. PVZ, I'm never really a fan. I always question who she can beat and who they're actually going to throw against her next. And we were actually talking about Paige Grasso. Uh, and I thought Paige had a good chance against Grasso. I'd say Grasso, Grasso. Paige alive. I think Paige, any, but Paige at 125, that's interesting to me. I don't know. To me, Paige doesn't look like a girl who has trouble making 115. Agreed. So going up 10 pounds against somebody who was a 135-er, that is crazy. It's a good point. Crazy to me. And Jessica, point. I, when I saw her at the last weigh-ins right before her fight got canceled, Never saw her look better than she did at those weigh-ins. So immediately after those weigh-ins, when I heard that she was going to move down in weight, 10 more pounds, yeah. holy hell. So, that makes her interesting to me purely because I think Paige has more skill set. Uh-huh. I think Jessica I, her only skill set is that she has this wrestling 101 pedigree. Yeah. I think that wrestling 101 pedigree type thing with an extra weight Yep. wears out the other fighter in a boring decision. So I'm going to be the exact opposite and say that I would think that PVZ has the more technical ability in there. With the striking ground game, it goes to I. But I, I don't know if she's ever made 125. If you're saying that she was this big, I don't remember her necessarily looking like that. But either way, uh, if she has a hard weight cut, I feel like that can affect her negatively, giving... Paige Van Zandt, because if it's the first time she's made the 125 in her life, it can really hurt. That cut can really do damage to you. Um, but I feel like Jessica I's fight IQ is so low, and she has done so many. She just gets tired, um, low fight IQ, very hittable. PVZ can just throw rabid shots and win a decision. I don't think PVZ runs through her and makes her look like nothing, but I was really, really surprised that you came in for your girl. <laughs> my girl. What about if I'm a new fan of Jessica Evil Eye? Uh, I, I, yeah. I wish I could find a picture of her at her last weigh-in. She had the gray, like purple gray hair going on. I do vaguely she remember was that. cut as fuck. But no. then also her legs. I We're never huge. see I think maybe legs look so I do remember muscular. her legs now thinking that. But if she's that big, 10 pounds is a lot of weight because she didn't look like she had much fat on her if I'm half remembering it correctly jessica i um jessica evil eye but Paige, i don't know Paige. jessica's been in the ring with a lot more experience than Paige. i totally would agree that jessica has much more but still the fight iq with i multiple times she's not shot when she needed to, right, and then overshot the on people Let's she see, didn't. You're about to get a live reaction ooh, of what, um, ooh, what and you I know, love. we aren't huge fans of Jessica I, but this picture, and you can you guys can look it up on Bloody Elbow, and you can put in Jessica I versus Aspen when the fight was canceled just recently. Here, look at that broad. Yeah, I'd say she definitely does look much more fit her than she's ever, ever looked, right? Ever, ever looked just square across there. She used to have, and like, that was at 135. 135. Yeah. So she would have 10 pounds there, right through here. Through I don't thighs. see that weight coming off. I see like maybe two pounds coming off of her. Maybe that's eight more of water weight. And she probably cut a good amount of water weight prior to that. Like, I think that we need to watch I think her. that's how she's walking around. 
Oh, you I don't think, think she cuts it out? I think the new fighting style you're going to start seeing for women is the Shevchenko style, where that's how they're walking around. And that looks kind of like, I mean, she might have, you know, two pounds more water weight on her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eating healthy. I think she's probably a very healthy eater anyway. I don't uh -huh. think she walks around like, like Amanda Nunes. I don't think she walks around 33 pounds heavier out of camp. Right. You know, I think that's where you have to be. I think we're, the women cannot do what the men are doing. It's changing. Yeah. yeah. I think they're trying the weight cut the first time, second time, uh -huh. and they're like, holy hell, this isn't worth it. I felt like I was half of myself in the octagon. For women, I'm not, I don't so, know how men cut weight, but I do know just for myself. So even, so you're saying she didn't cut weight for 135, so she has to 125? Yeah, I bet she walks around at like 142 okay. in her natural weight. So it's not crazy cut. Fun fight. Uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, look at the us one, talking about Jessica I and PBZ. Jessica I and PBZ. The one I'm more worried about. No, or? I was about to oh, get back okay. to it real quick. Uh, the fight I'm really excited for, though, in that division is Thug Rose versus JJ. That is just going to be sure. Oh, we can tread that up. We'll we'll get there. So with the main <laughs> event at 114. This went all five rounds. We had Brandon Moreno defeated by Sergio Pettis in a five-round decision. Sergio Pettis taught you how to strike MMA 101. He did that UFC thing and picked Moreno apart. That head kick was there from round one till round five. I mean, Moreno's a tough kid, but big looping punches that aren't set up show you what a tactician will do against you. Sergio Pettis was a surgeon in there. Very, was there a time that you saw Sergio getting in any trouble in that fight? Uh, the first, whole first round was all, I felt like mostly Mer Moreno. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then I think Sergio ended up giving away round four. But we were talking about it during the fight uh -huh. and how he was feeling so secure point-wise that he made a couple weird mistakes right. that seemed like they hurt him a little bit in round four. Not point-wise, but just physically hurt him a little bit. Uh -huh. And then he turned it back on in round five. Like, I can't just let this he Holly Holmes away round. from me. With um, that fight, the crowd was there with his Moreno had his wife and kid there did you end up seeing that yes poor yeah. little baby girl in her she it's 2 a.m or something like that in Mexico and she's all oh but that's Mexican moms at parties they got the kids on the hip the kids passed out you'll see little limp arms head back mouth open flies getting down them. no no there ain't no you flies. grew up like that <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> we'd be at a party it'd be like 2 3 a.m and we'd be asleep and the older ones would be dragging the younger ones up and we'd be like all right time to go then there's some kung fu on a cop car. My dad went away for a couple, a little time. It was pretty awesome. That's where I got my Bruce Lee chops from. Learning on cop car lights in Northern California. That's, that's real life. That's some real life lessons for you people. Yep. Don't drink and drive with your kids in the car. You might do karate on cops. I can't spend do a little time. A wee bit of time. Just a wee bit. So, um, hey, you know what the one thing I have to say? Your dad's a real man. He didn't use any weapons but his hands. I would agree with that. And this was back in the early 90s. You could learn something from that, kids. No. And he knocked... He completely shut off a headlight of a cop car. Like, he fucking chopped that car. Rid of that light. car. Fucking chopped that shit light. so hard. I don't even fucking know. I was an infant. All I remember is like, a cop lights and crying. Uh-huh. And then just like, ah, Gosh. shit. And I don't... Yep. Yep, yep. So, with um, the Moreno fight... We really saw that the hype train is in all there. Oh, with Pettis, I love that he completely stayed away from the ground game. Even though it was boring-ish. I mean, this was a Woodley-Maya-esque fight. Moreno really only had a shot on the ground. Everyone thought striking, but Pettis just kept it so far away in the striking. Yeah. And Moreno, anytime he tried to go to the ground, you saw in the first round, that's right, Pettis was most in trouble because that figure four lock, he got Moreno was around his back and just fighting completely that uh, rear naked choke off. What I absolutely love, go back to that fight. If you want to see good. And we even said 10-8 for the Moreno for the first for, for the first round. That's true. So with Sergio Pettis, um, if you want to see 101 rear naked choke defense, go back to that first round. I remember telling you, like, look it, he's not in it where he stops fighting the hands lets it sink in and he's gonna flex out Sergio Pettis is constantly not letting anything get under his he chin he held the wrist the entire time exactly never letting it go 
So definitely fall back on that. And you can see Jen's in that in Pettis' performance with not only I that. I wasn't, I felt like I was not impressed with Moreno. Agreed. And I even more so wasn't impressed with Sergio. I think that the, either one of these fighters can get exposed in many other ways. I think they're both going to be hype trains again going into their next fights. Though I do, I, I'm starting to get on that Pettis bandwagon. I think that he, with being able to stay off the ground after getting dominated, he pretty much had to win the rest of that fight after that first round. And he did because he wasn't the hometown favorite. And we were waiting for Moreno. Any, any reason... For that fight to go to Moreno, they were trying to do it, and Pettis just uh, showed that in the rest of those last four rounds. Um, uh, like I was saying, I really liked his submission and takedown defense. I think that can keep him in winning decisions. I don't think though Pettis is going to be a knockout like a knockout fighter like his brother. I feel like he's going to end up being a decision fighter like a GSP, like a okay, I can shoot on you and I can stop all your submissions and then know. I can I don't point th- you. I don't think Moreno's so next level. I think he's going to get harder. There's better... People are figuring him out too. I think there's better guys than Moreno in this division yeah. as far as a ground game is concerned. The division is finally opening up. Uh, I'm really excited for where but these guys are going. It's not super deep with the guys that haven't fought Mighty Mouse. Right. So Sergio could very well get his chance. And I do he not He needs more think, time. He but they're going to push him, I'm telling you. They're yeah, because it's, it's a weak division. It's a totally weak division. Because John Jones just fought, this next fight ties Mighty Mouse again with the most fights. Like, uh, oh, what? It's uh, defenses. 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 Which so is, he'll win yep. the defenses. He'll beat, what, Anderson Silva for Anderson, defenses. right, right. John Jones, because he got stripped, isn't in that. So that's his next fight we're about to see. Yeah, there's nowhere to go for Sergio, really. Even though we oh. see a ton of fights for him, yeah. I just think that you have, there's nowhere for Mighty Mouse to go except Sergio. And he has a big enough name because of his brother. First it's Borg, and then watch uh, DJ's going to end up taking three months to like six months off after that. And then it might be a... There are some scary guys ahead for Sergio. Lineker Sergio... Lineker's not at 125. I thought he went up to 35. Unless he went back down. He might have. Yeah, I think he went Yeah, he went up. He went up. He went up. Who was... There's a couple people talking about going back down, but the only one I can know that is, is uh, Gastelum. He's the only one I know that is... Talking about going back down. Yeah, about going back down. Everyone else has pretty much stayed when they've went up again. Uh, Yeah, I guess Sergio, there's a couple guys in the rankings that he has to crawl up through. Let's see. Who's Sergio Pettis's next fight? At 125. Ortiz is right there. They haven't fought yet. Ortiz just came off a huge knockout. They both, like, they can fight in three months because they're in this same slot together now. I think that's a pretty good fight. That's a good Fox fight. There's a lot. And Ortiz does have such credibility in there with so many other fighters. He's fought that Pettis can use that. But that's a tough fight because it's takedown city coming. And in that first round... Or was it second round for a split second? Sergio Pettis on his off of his back was nasty as hell for a split second. He ended up getting a nasty L or no, up kick. No, it wasn't only up kicks. He wrapped him up, got him in mission control, and ended up hooking Moreno's arm with his left leg over Moreno's. Oh, he did. Yeah, it, and then got a sweep. A it was fucking sweet. Like Sergio doesn't have a bad ground game, but I think that he was smart and was like. I'm you not even gonna mess with that. More to an armbar or something. It was something weird in there, but it was it was set up beautifully by Pettis. I remember being like, "Wow, he's he planned for this. He didn't go there. Um, definitely good game plan by all of that camp. It was a great night of fights. We ended up having. How yeah, many rewatch finishes? this one. You how guys? many if finishes? You just, if you rewatch every fight on this whole card, from beginning to end, it may take you forty five minutes. Just the fights cut <laughs> all the other bullshit. All the yeah, bullshit I agree. Maybe it might, some... maybe not even that long. It was maybe... a short, short night. But I the two last those. fights went to decision, so we have those two, and maybe one more. Maybe yeah. forty-five minutes. Exactly. Exact. Well, because those are twenty-five minute fights. Yeah, you'd be close. I agree. I think that's a good. Uh, what bet on that one? All right, that is the Mexico City one fourteen recap. Yeah. What else is with going the Mexico on City? Um. How do you feel that the cardio affected people? I guess there were so many finishes, we didn't really see any gas tanks really pushed most of the time. But the ones that we did see go to the end, I didn't notice it as much for Pettis or Moreno. I did notice it for Ronda, Marcos. 
She's so I saw down her in the first she round. Looked take fucking breath, amazing. Like she has, couldn't catch her breath. In the first two minutes, we looked at each other and said, uh oh, Marcos is gas. She took one big breath after a big flurry where I was like, ooh, if Marcos keeps this up, she looked amazing in that first round. She looked next level. Yeah, we were like, oh, if she can sustain this, grass was done. And then she didn't sustain it. That Yeah, good call. Good call on that. So, J.J. Rose, unless you wanted to talk about Mexico. No, I think J.J. Rose is the thing that I'm most excited for. Is there a date set on that, or is that a TBW or a TBA? I feel like they announced a, like, 218 or something, 217. I don't want to, it's some, like, you know, pay-per-view in the future, but they did put a number to it. Oh, okay. I think it is, like, maybe the December time frame. Either way, we got enough time to chat about that one. What I just saw today, and I didn't get to read the article because we just came on the show right beforehand, was Pat Barry apparently being on the MMA Hour talking about his addiction. And you know Pat Barry is that number one Doug Rose um, sidekick. They've been together for a while. I don't think they've had issues. I think they've taken a step back, but they've grown in their relationship. But uh, do you think that could affect the J.J. Rose fight? Because we do know Rose is a little cerebral, and she's lost fights because... She said, my head wasn't in it. I might be, because it's all coming out now, it might be coming out now because he knows her so well that he's like, let's just get it all out there, babe, so it doesn't even affect you when the fight comes up. It's a good call. It is far enough away. He knows her better than anyone. He does. Uh, Her psychology going into the, her psyche going into the octagon, I feel like it might be that. He might be a whole different clean guy. That could be why we're seeing this resurgence of her amazingness is because he's been clean for X amount of months and or x amount a year or whatever um and that could be why we're seeing because if she's battling worrying about his addiction mm-hmm. that could be a big reason why we've always been worried about her psyche going into the octagon but if she feels very confident in where he's at we might get to see her just worry about her which turns her into this next level fighter which i Good like point. i think shevchenko I can't imagine anyone who's spending some time with Valentina Shevchenko and not getting some sort of positive role model rubbed off on them. That's exactly what I was going to say. Next was, we know that You know we know everything about Team Bullet here. Exactly. We know that she's been working and giving nothing but accolades to Rose Namajunas and saying nothing but good things. And I think that Shevchenko is a very honest person and she wouldn't just be bullshitting people. She calls it as it is, and Rose has notoriously been a good person and slick as hell in the training room and out. Like, she's just, she's won by flying armbar. She has one of the first female flying armbars ever. Beautiful. And that was, like, her second fight ever. So, uh, the potential's there. Shevchenko has beat JJ three times. If there's anybody who knows how to beat... Three? three, It was three, yeah. Three three, uh, Muay Thai fights. So, if there's any... I could be wrong. It could be two. I thought it was three. It might be three. No, I... I yeah, it could be... So, if there's anyone who knows, hey, JJ's open here, here, and here in this specific avenue, Rose is learning that. And that could be a big step up. This is going to be one of the funner contested 115 bouts. Well, they all are. I think Shevchenko, if Rose went to Valentina and said, do you think I'm ready to take this fight? I think Valentina would give her an honest answer. I agree. And she, Valentina does not cut weight. So she probably walks around maybe 10 pounds heavier than Rose, maybe 8, if she doesn't have to cut weight to get to 135. So fighting a woman a little bigger than her and Valentina and fighting somebody with so much skill, I'm interested in seeing Valentina and JJ fight still. So is Rose ready to take that fight? Valentina obviously felt like she was good enough somewhere to go train with her and she and and then choose her again after the Holly home fight to choose her again for Amanda Nunes. That fight gets canceled and guess where she's at again? At Elevation in Colorado with Rose again. So I feel like now you have both these women training together to potentially take belts. I think it's a very interesting story. I think their friendship could be something that we see for years to come. That becomes one of the when they're fighting and they do the backstory with the Joe Rogan or the you know the talk over, uh-huh. where it's like these women have been battling with each other for six years. Like they're the, they could be the DC Kane of the women's division. 
<laughs> I totally <laughs> like a love agree. story. Yeah, and a, like be- bromance, but girls don't have like girlfriends, but not yeah, enough. Girl, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not no lesbo. So this is where earlier in the week where Eddie Bravo is listening to Lat B, he was talking about how women fighters are can openly be gay and nobody gives a shit it's just openly and that is a direct steal from the show we've been talking about it from the beginning from the beginning you heard it here first don't ever forget that it's not a big fucking deal for women Uh fighters to be openly gay because you assume they are that's why misha tates and ronda rousey's are so exciting because everyone's like oh my gosh they're like a girly girl like we love it (laughs) yep 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 so i got a conspiracy for you Eddie Bravo listens to Let Me. Lesbo and the Beam. So, any other Twitter talk? I got a, I got a couple, but I want to give you a shot. I feel like I brought We up don't have a fight me. night until September 2nd, people. You're going to have to, you know. Maybe oh, we, we, we got stuff for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah, but you're going you're gonna to have to tweet, tweet at us. Yeah. Give us some tweets, ask us some questions, we'll give you shout outs on air, we'll make matches if you have a person out there who doesn't have a fight coming up, shout out your favorite fighters, we'll tell you who we think they should fight next. We'll try not to always make it Masvidal. Yeah, right, 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 <laughs> right. So, I got a somewhat of an MMA talk. Have you heard about Polly Milanaji? Oh, have I heard about him? I cannot turn on any of my favorite <laughs> fight stuff without seeing him. He's the biggest star in UFC right I, now. I, I, or MMA. Yeah, He's the biggest star in MMA yes. right now. He was all over the Ariel Hawani today. Just Everything. Cr- just telling the story in detail. Ariel did not talk for was it a push? 20 minutes. Was it a push or a knockdown? How do you, what do you think? See? What do you think? This is I'm, what's so weird. Uh-huh. He says a push originally, but then he talks about these last two rounds where Connor, and he even says... He got the best of me in those last two rounds. He had a lot more coming out in round 11 and 12 than I was expecting or something. Like, he doesn't go back into what happened and where the pictures actually come. It's vague. He gets vague in parts of it. There's real photos of it. Like, he he can't make it up. If me and you were to get into a scuffle, even if I won, you could take the right series of pictures to make it look like you won. I don't know. No, only yeah. one of us ends up on the ground. Only one of us ends up on... I don't know. I think it's skeptical. Um, he talks so much shit about McGregor way before McGregor ever took him on as a training partner. And it's like McGregor has the memory of an elephant. He never forgets. So uh, the fact that Dana White was in the room, like he set up a whole expedition, like a boxing expedition for his friends mm-hmm. to watch him. He's like, I thought he thought he was going to beat me in front of all these people. But my conspiracy theory is that he was setting that shit up. He was setting it up with a real ref because he wanted to see legally what he could get away with inside the boxing ring. I think that's what he was learning. He had a real ref in there. And I think it was a push. I didn't hear the Melanagi. 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 On Ariel. Polly. Uh, Polly. I didn't get to see or hear, but I have seen that a lot more of the story has come out. I could see it being a push, but I didn't know that he had retracted his statement. So one, he could have said it he was did a push. Say there was a push involved initially. Then, yeah, initially, no, but even he, on Ariel. Oh, okay. But the way that the story laid out and he went into so much detail, it didn't seem like the push came in the last two rounds. And he kept talking about how Connor got the best of him in the last two rounds from the way I gathered the story. And he was really detailed with it. Like the whole entire time, the whole training camp and Ariel just shut the fuck up. If this is true, if this is true, this is telling us that Connor is expecting to go out the first four rounds hard, take the next four rounds off and then come at, Floyd in the next four in a 12 round fight yeah and the other thing that um Paulie said it took him about four and a half rounds to figure Connor out and then he started piecing him apart and going to the body a lot with him Mm -hmm. and he says he whimpers like a girl when you hit him in the body Mm -hmm. and he started going to the body a lot and then in the last two rounds he was spent because of his long flight and whatever else you know and he's out of shape and not in this prime and everything i would honestly think that as well i'd be like we know that he's been an announcer for a while he's retired for a bit now and he hasn't been training so you get out of shape a whole lot faster than you get into shape so i could see him being a little 
ring rusty, if you believe in that kind of stuff. But it's part of it's promising. They went eight rounds a week before. I think it's promising. I think that for Connor, this is the absolute best thing that could have happened. And now Malin Nagy's running his mouth all over, making big money, old mouth, charging for everyone fees. cares about him right now. He's uh -huh. on every sports show right now. Yeah. He gets to make a little bit of dough out of this. He's building a bigger name for himself. He started his own podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, he's been all over with Brendan Schaub. He he's all over with Fighter and the Kid. You know, he's doing all this sh other stuff. He's still with Showtime. So now, what Floyd and Connor have done is open up the third biggest mouth in sports to do free work for them while they really train and don't have to do any media shit. And Paulie is building hype for this fight unknowingly. I'm going to still watch it. <laughs> I know, I'm, but I'm I just think Connor's a, next level thinking. I'm going to end up having to freaking actually buy that pay-per-view. I ain't end up going to stream it. It's going to be one of those that it's going to be hard to get a link to, and it's just going to be like, all right, I'm going to fork it over. This is the reality. This is why I'm not going to try to get a link to it, and I'm going to buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, you heard it, everyone. Ooh. Money Mayweather, Dana, we're going to, we won't be happy streaming. Uh, we will be... Spending money to get the fight. Because, the twenty bucks, the UK bucks, the twenty um, UK bucks. When Mayweather versus uh, Pacquiao happened, so many people downloaded that fight right before the main event started yep. that they had to delay the fight to even start for like thirty or forty-five minutes because they were having a problem keeping stream. So I don't want to battle with my internet connection yep. with every other asshole trying to illegally stream. Line. Yes, I want a hard line to it, and then that way, if it cuts out or does any bullshit, I'll just get money back. Yeah, exactly. Call them up and be like, "Hey, Mobile, this is bullshit." Yep, and you can is. usually do that. I press it a button right on my little box. A complain box. Yeah, you can take my order. Be like, oh, it cut out in the middle. How long, much longer until we can just press on the box? Uh, can you give me that Taco Bell? Can you give me the crispy fried chicken piece and just send it to my house? And then a delivery truck shows up and gives you that out of that same box. You can complain into. It probably won't be too long at all. They it have really an app be... for all that stuff on they, your phone. Yep. Yep. Every yep, single yep. one of those things. You'll and they be have asking... Uber for your food, so you can get everything delivered to your house anyway. Really? Yeah. I am lazy as hell. I might. They have Uber for food, so you can get stuff delivered from any restaurant. Damn. And if you're home listening to the show, like you likely are, Uber for you're going to need food. Better. Like if I were going to do Uber, because I get creeped out by strangers, even if they gave their credit card or some fake card or mm -hmm. whatever. The But dropping off people's food, just picking it up from a restaurant yep. and dropping it off. Yep. Easy perch, easy, easy for a second job. Easy. It is. It is. So if you guys are looking now a way to make some uh, extra dough to buy some Lesbo and the Bean t-shirts, then uh, you can go out there and Uber some food. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh -huh. Dick move. Yeah, I thought I was going to so, bring up Polly on the MMA hour too. Oh, perfect. Well, with the dick move, I was just going to say that uh, how do you feel about me um flipping a coin and if it lands on tails uh i'm gonna show the world my dick what do you think you have a problem with explain the whole story what do you think what do you think about that is that a good call like does that make me cool because uh if you haven't heard b shop big brown breakdown brandon shop was saying that he's so confident in the fight going 12 rounds right just going 12 rounds not win or lose that if it doesn't he's gonna send a dick pic out to somebody well it was it started out with some other broadcaster that said and i don't think it's just about the 12 rounds it was that connor won't win around and he, it's not even that he won't even win around he won't even land a punch and brendan was like you are crazy like now you're disrespecting my boy i'm so confident in the fact that he'll not only land a punch he'll win one round that i'll bet a hundred thousand bucks on it come on put your money where your mouth is right. so the guy didn't want to take the bet at all and he was like no i'm not getting involved in that i can't you know with gambling and blah 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 sure, I, so my credentials. Then, yeah so then brennan's like well how about we trade dick pics <laughs> uh, so what I gotta <laughs> or some is... shit like that or how about i like send you a dick pick if yeah yeah something like that there is a million and one guys a billion and one guys on this planet that are willing to send you a dick pick at the drop of a hat do not think at any point in time that your dick pick you can hold at some sort of ransom or is worth something there's a mil there's billions of them out there homie <laughs> nobody's like oh i got this I don't know. Maybe there isn't some people that do it, but they think that's a niche field. And apparently, if want... Jay Shab 
Brennan's yep. brother has like a baby Hagoso. <laughs> like he has a full like baby's a, like, it'd like be a game? like the game. Oh, okay. He's got the game Jeez. going on. Apparently, well, he has an egg. So he's gonna he's gonna put his brothers. It's gonna be another. It's <laughs> not gonna be. Well, him. that I think Brennan Shab even said it. he goes. My mom was upset when she saw that, but I'm like, I didn't tell you it was gonna be my dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, gonna be just some random dick. dick. I'll send you a uh, fucking uh, inverted mushroom. And he's like, hey, bro, let's go play some basketball. Oh, you got all sweaty. You want to shower at my house? Open shower. Take a pick. <laughs> or D pants basketball shorts. Oh, there, there you go. Basketball shorts were made to be. That's D-pants. how to set them up. Yeah, Those true. Shorts. True, true. Yeah, I'm true. surprised they even stay up as is. That's a good point. How come everybody wears them all the time, nonstop, all day, every day? But some basketball guys doesn't make sense. To me. I see. I never see like it's cl- it's like classier, or people think it's classier. I don't. The people that I see wearing them are <laughs> white guys with bellies in Walmart. And tank, tank tops. tops. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking no. about. But it's that's what I'm saying. Farmer's tanned arms, but it's the kind of farmer's uh-huh. tan where it's like beet red and then pale white. And you got the slippers that are the like sandals, the open toe sandals with socks on. The white chaklas? No, but they're not chaklas. But no, they're like, but yeah, yeah, they're like Nikes or <laughs> Nike's, Adidas. Oh, yeah, soccer, soccer sandals. Yes, 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 yes. Like the full on covers the front of the or foot. Or some like toes. crazy ass geeky no name big old sneaker. Oh, good. Those are Goodwill sneakers. That's why they no, they're the Goodwill sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> but those are who I see wear basketball shorts. Unless you're on a basketball court, to me, it just it's never a good look. Never a good look. So, have girls you... Girls always look like cholas. If you ever see a girl in basketball shorts, she always has a tight ponytail. <laughs> I agree. And fake eyebrows. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, totally. Drawn on eyebrows, <laughs> red ass lips, and you're like, oh, shit. And you're actually more scared of her than the big white dude you saw wearing them in Walmart. You're like, oh, shit. This, don't even make eye contact trouble. with this That's girl. trouble. Trouble, trouble coming at you. You watched anything good lately as of as of late? You know, I'm up to date on Game of Thrones. Oh, and last night, I guess no spoilers, but uh, one of the best episodes of all time. You need to get on. I that feel like it was one it. of the best. I was thinking about it again. One of the best episodes of TV of all time. I think it was really all it gave us. It almost gave because of how slow the pace of the show has worked. Yes, I almost felt like an overload. I, I felt agree. like the oh, the, the finale of the show could have ended, and I won't give anything away. But to me, the finale of last night's episode, they could have had more filler, and the finale could have ended after the fight scene between uh, Brienne. Yeah, and they Arya. still kept going. They still cut, yeah. That was enough for me. I was I so agree. satisfied by that yeah. dance. If you haven't seen it, and I'm sure you can find just the fight scene edited somewhere on YouTube now, one of the best choreographed fight scenes I've ever seen. Better than any lightsaber fight scene, better than any old medieval. It was just You know Peter's going to be in a, up in a fit. You know Peter's going to be up in a fit. Yeah, but, but I, I, I want to hear times. something that no horse, horse, horse was harmed in the shooting. It was all that. CGI. It was all CGI. It all had to have been. Yeah. Because horse falls hurt my heart. In some countries, it's not illegal to horse fall. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of countries it is. Where did you know where they film GFT or where they did Gosh, film it? Gosh, I feel it? like New Zealand and Ireland. That's where they're always going for this stuff now. For it's some New reason, Zealand. I feel like that Dragon Rock cave that they're walking on the beach on, mm-hmm. I feel like that's in Ireland. I don't know at all. I don't there, know either. There is a bazillion Game of Thrones podcast you can get into out there. Yeah, true, true, And true, that true. know the details, so they will be like... They will have anarchy in the UK. It'd be like if we turned into a Game of Thrones podcast and they were talking about Ronda Rousey. We'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ronda Rousey's the best fighter a woman's ever been in. You know, we'd be like, right, 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 right. Uh, I haven't, well, I've caught up on a lot of new stuff, but the one I would recommend is I recently watched an old goody classic. And if you guys haven't seen it, I'm just going in the throwback and recommending Idiocracy. It is such a gem of a movie. If you didn't get it the first time around, maybe now after a few years that it's been out, it makes more sense, especially where we're at and how things keep going the way they're going. I feel like that's a that's that movie is a. It's almost omen. like a 1984. Yeah. It, was, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's kind of in that vein of futuristic running man. And it's coming. Where you're like, holy shit, this is happening now. Uh huh. <laughs> we could choose to go both ways right now. So that's where I'm gonna say of. 
as of late. It, watch it again. It is so much funnier the second time around. No, I'm trying to think. I um, caught up. Bill Maher came back. I'm not a fucking Bill Maher fan, but I like talk uh, radio. Um, I watch a couple people on YouTube. There is a guy I really like, you guys. If you're looking for other MMA stuff to watch on YouTube or listen to, there's a guy called Mind Smash, and he just breaks down stare down. Some of his videos are a little corny. Um, he's uh, but he breaks down stuff that people may do, like drop their shoulders and how that's a lack of confidence or break eye contact or take a deep breath when they say something. And all of his videos are pretty interesting. And there is some stuff of watching the stare downs in slow motion that I find intriguing. So if you guys mm -hmm. are looking for something new out there to listen to, I've been getting in a little mind smash, still listening to the weasel. Nice. I really recommend Resnick. I don't know if I've said that before on here. He's a guy who gathers old eggs and he goes, his subscription name is like Resnick Boxing. He gathers old boxing footage and turns it into the highest definition that he can with his equipment, which really brings old fighters to life where their technique is actually shown where it used to be blurry. He's showing you like, no, it looks like a modern day fight. It's awesome. I really recommend it. He puts really good montages of like really good boxing combinations and brings up names of classic fighters. Really good fun stuff. What are some recommendations that you guys are watching? What are some stuff that you guys would say that uh, you've had fun with online? Let us know. Yeah, there's no, yeah. You can let us know at Lesbo and the Bean. For all things Lesbo and the Bean. Lesbo and the Bean.com. Lesbo and the Bean!